Three quirky articles from the French Dispatch magazine come to life, as told by their authors. The first is about a psychopathic prisoner painter and his muse guard. The second, college students stage a war for co-ed dorm rooms. And the last, the kidnapping of a police chief's son. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Clubhouse Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Rubeltaub, and joined once again by Mr. Abel Panetta. Today, we'll be doing a quick take review of The French Dispatch, directed by Wes Anderson. So I saw this one. Yeah, Dude, I tried to. He couldn't make the premiere. He couldn't no. get his tux in time. Yeah, yeah. it was like, a whole it was a whole hangover that situation. That suit really sucked. Yeah, left it on a roof. So, uh, so, so it'll be a one take this week uh, since we didn't want to. We we wanted to. It's a new movie. Yeah, we wanted to keep it in the in the zeitgeist of our stuff. Exactly. So uh, this is a very interesting movie. You are aware of uh, Wes Anderson style. I'm a style. fan of Wes Anderson style. So this is definitely a Wes Anderson movie. Uh, yeah. And I I saw this in theaters, uh, which is I think the only place you can watch it now. Apparently, <laughs> we're back, uh, back back to the way things used to be. All of his sets almost look like they're set in dollhouses. Even the out, even the outside. Yeah, I wanted to make that that comment. I'm actually just you know I've seen all the trailers and stuff, and I'm just like, man, his sets are always immaculate. The color schemes are freaking nice. There's always these like dark pastels, if you want to say. Yeah, so you know, it even starts with the waiter making like drinks for everybody. Yeah, and you see him in the kitchen while like they're talking about the uh, the the editor who's uh, Bill Murray in this movie. Okay, and he he has to like go up this like complicated dollhouse array of like multiple. It reminded me of like is that old, how you watch the frame? Is it is it like one of those frames where it's panned out and you're kind of like watching? one? It's one still. And the thing about this is uh, it's all four by three, so it's not even widescreen. Oh right. I was wondering if they made this for IMAX. To be completely honest with you, so yeah. it's because it actually looked like he was like going up. The, okay, I up, see what you mean. Up the thing, and that was like kind of how they got the audience ready for it. But uh, it ended up being a little bit more of a Quentin Tarantino movie than I thought it would be. Really? It wasn't one linear story. It was actually like a prologue. Okay. Because there was about the articles and the authors who work yeah. at the French Dispatch, which is apparently supposed to be a, like the post, like oh, his, his, post. his love letter to the post or something. Yeah, yeah. That's great. But it started with uh, Owen Wilson, and he was like okay. he was like the reporter on the bike, and he was reporting about France. Yeah. Again, you know, Midnight Paris. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But Not it was pretty cool episode. because he kept on running into things, and he showed like the pigeons yeah. at night and the rats in the in the the sewers and sometimes some people like chasing him he ended up in like the subway or something. It's so uh, random. Yeah, it, it actually was. And it was, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. It had his moments. Yeah. Um, and then the second segment was, uh, the first long one, okay. which is the, uh, I called it the prisoner painter. I, there were, there were subtitles for them, but everything went by really fast in this movie. Even I couldn't even take notes to be honest with really? you. Really? Okay. Everyone was talking so fast and like a lot of it was in French too. Really? Yeah. It was a little, okay. it was a little weird. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that that one was uh Benicio del Toro was a painter prisoner okay. who, who painted frescoes, but he painted them really abstractly. Okay. And somehow he ended up uh getting to uh the the, pr- the prison guard played by Lay uh Lay Sedo, Lay Sedo, that's what her name. Uh ended up becoming his muse. So he ended up painting her nude. Okay. As a prisoner in the prison. And, and he every, was and that and she was the guard? She was the guard. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell, Benicio? Yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell, Wes Anderson? Yeah, dude. <laughs> anyway. Came out of left field. Uh, but anyway, uh, what's his name? Uh, speaking of Midnight in Paris again also, uh, Adrian Brody was in this movie, and he just I happened did to- did notice that. Yeah, he just happened to be the uh, like a snooty art critic, or yeah. snooty art salesman, and he went there to go look at the art by the prisoners. What in the- And he that, found that- That one. is very Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, and then he found it, 
and he found like this it, it just looked like red blotches everywhere yeah and he's like and this is like nude in like the in the mess hall or something yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like who painted this and, <laughs> and whoever painted this is like a genius <laughs> And then you know, oh, there, no. there was a whole, there was a whole uh, like so I want to buy your art. And, yeah, and he's like, you can't buy my art; it's not for sale. And of course, it's for sale. It's why artists paint to sell their art. Yeah. There was like a, there was like a whole like Frenchy like thing. And yeah, he showed, yeah. and he showed his like cousins, and really? there, or his uncles, his rich uncles. Like, this, what is this? What am I looking at? It's art. It's made by a prisoner, and he's like tortured. It's so ridiculous. And then he went on, like it was like a long article, and yeah. they want to tirade about like his past, and they showed him like how he went crazy and how he yeah. was painting. And then, like, they're like, then he had like a psycho phase where they showed like a young him like painting himself. <laughs> he was like sitting there too, <laughs> just, just things like that. And then, the, oh, and then, you know, like year a year or two went by, and they're like, yeah. he already had like imitators, and the imitators are probably better than him, but like it didn't matter. <laughs> and then even his er- early work was starting to sell, and they showed yeah. like him, but like the, the one where he's painting himself. <laughs> what in the hell is going on, man? Yeah, that is very a- Wes Anderson for sure. And then they tried to parole him, but they wouldn't like that because yeah. like you know, he murdered people. Uh, he, he killed people because they there was like a fight in a bar, but he like took it to the next level or something. Oh, God, he's uh, a crazy painter. Yeah, and since his like girlfriend was like the uh, the the guard or something, they were able to bribe a bunch of people. So yeah. they they figure out a way that he could like continue like a whole artwork. That's so freaking weird. That is just odd. Yeah, a, a whole like what do you call a, a whole gallery? I should say yeah. <laughs> inside so, the prison. Yeah, so they snuck all the snooty art people to like sell like more art inside the prison. Yeah. And then they like saw all the uh, they saw all the art and like oh my god it's all so beautiful it's all so perfect and then like some like some old lady was like wait a minute I think he painted the walls and like what and they look at the wall he painted on the walls like that was the canvas oh he's no. like hello we can get these out of here oh no <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I would tell you <laughs> so stupid man yeah it was a, it was actually uh, oh. very, very interesting it, it was it was nice seeing uh, everyone on, on their most Wes Andernius. I yeah. went. I went with my friend who had never seen a Wes Anderson movie. And she's like, "What should I expect?" What? Yeah, she's like, "What should I expect from this?" I'm like, "Expect highbrow humor, yeah, highbrow <laughs> humor, and paintings in motion." Yeah, exactly. It's literally, and, what his movies are. Uh, but yeah, it was dry humor, dry yeah, highbrow I loved, humor. I love dry humor. I it's saw this best. in Burbank, and for some reason, not yeah. playing near us. Yeah. Uh, and I guess everyone there was like either Wes Anderson's like cousin or something, yeah, or his probably. mom. They they were what? drinking the Kool Aid like every single joke. You know, every single like was, was Roris. Yeah, the roar, roaring laughter. Uh, that is crazy. Yeah, man. every every eyebrow that went up was a was a was a punchline. <laughs> everyone had a champagne glass full of fart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like oh oh oh. I, I guess uh, I'll have what he's having. Like, like this, <laughs> yeah. No, no, none of that. None of that. It's more like I'll have what he's having. <laughs> you know that kind of that kind of humor. That was good. A That's lot good. of that stuff. Um, oh, man, or, that whereas means, that I, means I'm smug. Yeah. Or, whereas our side of the aisle was just like. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. It was it, it? It did have its moments. The second yeah. the second segment was um, well, this one was probably my least favorite one just because it okay. was I didn't really understand the plot a whole lot. Okay. Whereas uh, the guy from Dune, Timothy Chalamet, yeah, Chalamet, soon to be Willy Wonka. Weird. Whoa! <laughs> I got the the spinning top here somewhere. <laughs> anyway, um, he played a, a French college student, and uh, I think they were going to war with the city, like Les Misérables style, like just like really? a bunch of like young people like going yeah. to war. Uh, but, but they weren't like war. It wasn't like a real war. Like, yeah. It was like a student protest war. Ow. 
and they wanted to have co-ed dorms. At least that's the thing. That's that, so that's, random. That's what have. I thought was happening. But he was Timothy Chalamet was also sleeping with the author, which is Frances McDormand. <laughs> you know, and her Frances McDormand self. <laughs> uh, so weird. Yeah, so that one was kind of weird. Um, it, it it had a weird ending in which uh, Timothy Chalamet died somehow. I'm not even sure if he died. What? But it was it was interesting. Um, I think that was my least favorite one because okay. uh, not a whole lot happened in it, and they even cut away to like a play for a minute or something on uh, some sort That's, of army play that made like that feels like the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, so I, I almost think like if you can. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. Yeah, if you, I got to put that button here. Uh, Sorry, I can. I know that movie so vividly that when you do that, I can see it happening the whole time. I liked it in that movie when uh, the animal went psycho and they just cut to him and his eyes are like, just, <laughs> yeah, we're like scribbles. It was, it was like it was like it was just, just scribbles, <laughs> dude. <Just a> scribble. <laughs> I la- I don't know why, but I burst out loud laughing when I saw that scene. I was like, where did this even come from? Yeah, it was pretty weird. Oh, that's um, good. That's some good stuff. I would drink that Kool-Aid. But, you know, if you can fast forward a segment, fast forward that one just because it's just like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I mean, I did, but like it's just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Those, <laughs> it sounds like you enjoyed the movie, man. We'll talk. But anyway, uh, the last one was the hostage situation, which yeah. was which uh, Bill Murray had commissioned the author to write, uh, played by uh, the author played by Jeffrey Wright in this in this story. Okay, uh, he wanted him to write a cooking piece about the uh, cook for the uh, for the police station. Okay, there's this, this so world, yeah, this world renowned cook or whatever worked for the police station. Worked for the, his name was Nescafe. Which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you read it though, it, it says Nescafe. Yeah, I see right. <laughs> But it, but it was funny watching it, and then you hear everyone like Nescafe was the greatest cook, the greatest <laughs> oh cook that ever did cook. But anyway, uh, so, uh, what, why is that funny? What's his name? Um, who played the first Incredible Hulk? I don't think he's on here. Um, no, not the first, but the second, the one that they they retconned out of. Uh, shoot, shoot, Ed Norton, Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton kidnapped the police commissioner's son or something. What the hell? Did he have a French mustache? Oh yeah, he was totally twirly. <laughs> oh, nice. He was totally Edward. He was Norton. totally snidely whiplash. I sh- I'm not sure if he had a. I'm not sure if he did though. But like, you, yeah. know, you can imagine him with it. And he had yeah. like a whole crew of like crazy actors. Yeah, and <laughs> that sounds great. It sounds yeah. like he just took his his role from the Italian job and just took it up a notch. Yeah, I think what happened there because like I said, they talk so fast it's hard to like see. But like somehow they captured William Defoe who was like a a banker. What? Yeah, William Defoe played a really creepy prisoner. Okay, and I think what happened was he knew too much, so they were trying to get William Defoe out of jail or something. So they Holy captured cow, the police commissioner's son, and the police commissioner's son was. Um, uh, this one was all right, just because it was a little more action packed. Yeah. Uh, and the best part of this, there, there actually was a animated chase scene in this one. That is, yeah, so weird. Yeah, there there was a good animated chase scene. For yeah. some reason, they had this this uh, old school uh, bodybuilder yeah. or like strongman. Yeah, yeah, like or the, like the black and white Pugsley salute, black and white Pugsley like tank top. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a straight up like a carny. Yeah, exactly. Strongest man, and he was always like on the hood of the car trying to like stop it. But <laughs> I don't know where he came from. <laughs> like he did, he was just some loose like cannon. He just like, showed up. Yeah, Michael Chiklis was just like hanging out like on set that day. Like, and, hey, you want to pardon this? <laughs> exactly. I got a minute. Um. Yes, yeah, so that was a lot of that was the, a little bit of fun. And then the what happened was they. Uh, they ended up uh, asking for the chef because the the yeah. kid said he was hungry, but he'll only eat Nescafe's food. And they're like, "Oh, we hear Nescafe's food is the best," but he ended up cooking them all poison. Oh, of so course, he, he killed like everyone except for like the kid and Edward Norton, who did like radishes because he poisoned the radishes. What the hell? Yeah, something like that. 
So random, man. It was. It was very random. Like I said, very Quentin Tarantino-esque. Yeah. Just because it was just a bunch of stories. I don't think Wes Anderson has ever done this. Like, Well, I'm looking at the screenplay by here in the writing credits. I noticed that um, Jason Schwartzman is also part of the the writing quadruplet here. I haven't seen that guy. I, he might have shown him on camera, I think, in one scene in this one. Really? I, I, think, he, I, I think he was in the, um, the student one, now that I okay. think about it. That makes sense. But okay. it, it happened so fast that... I didn't register. Didn't didn't I think I saw him, but I didn't register where it was in, okay. in post. Um, yeah, so that was good. People talked fast, but it was it was fun. Bill Murray, the, the, a lot of it was for his obituary, which they said at the beginning of the story yeah. that he died, and then that might have been the end of the French Dispatch, and and they had a running gag that said no crying. There was like a sign that said like no crying yeah. at the top. <laughs> I forgot some kid said something to Bill Murray at the very beginning, and then he he said like you're fired, and he's like, then they pointed the sign no crying. Oh, he's like, oh, okay. And then when he died, like people wanted to cry, and they, they pointed the sign. Point no, crying. The sign no, no crying. No crying. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's been my quick take. I'll just give this one a letter grade. Um, Let's hear it. I'm going to give it a B minus. Oh, that's pretty good. A that's very good. artistic, highbrow comedy that is fun enough, but is a little too arty for the casual viewer. I that I would say that sounds very appropriate. Yeah. Uh, good, and for some reason, it's only playing in Burbank. Which is inconvenient. Yeah, that's freaking annoying. I didn't. I, I just happened to be in Burbank, Burbank that day anyway, yeah. so I got lucky. And this dude texts me. He's like, "Hey, man, why is the plague anywhere here?" I'm like, "Oh crap, it's not." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it's not like we live in some podunk town over here. Yeah, man, we're like, like in like we're in like Redondo. Yeah, there are many movie theaters. Yeah, exactly. Right up the hill from where we're at. Ridiculous. Anyway, that has been our quick take for the French Dispatch. I'm your host, Mark Rubalcaba, from Mr. Ayo Panetta. You have just listened to Clubhouse Movies Podcast. We will catch you later.